Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So we're here, guys. We are in, it's, it's March Madness is here. And I wanted to dedicate this episode to March Madness. I wanted to talk about both the men's side of the bracket and the women's side of the bracket. I understand that free agent NFL free agency is going crazy right now. I understand Tom Brady just unretired. And we'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about that on Saturday. Uh, I wanted to dedicate this episode to basketball. I want to dedicate it to, to college basketball. So what I did was I brought a couple of my good friends uh, to the episode or to this episode talk college basketball i got my man carl he knows more he watches more college basketball than i think anybody in in the world (laughs) i I wanted to bring him on to to get his perspective on the men's side and who i think he has winning and this that and the third also wanted to bring jasmine brown she's a contributor highlight her i wanted to see her opinion and on the on the women's side we both have maryland tied so i wanted to get her opinion on maryland and how far i think maryland can go and Tykira Carter, she's a color color analyst for a lot of college games. She does sideline reporting for the G League. I wanted to get her opinion as well. I also wanted to get both Jasmine and Tykira's opinion on how women are being women basketball players are being covered as much, or compared to how women are being covered. So I, I want to appreciate all of them for coming on, and I'm, I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with Carl. Without further ado, here is my interview with Carl. So, Carl, man, we are here. Uh, there's there's some playing games going on right now, but we pretty much know the the group of sixty four that's that's in or the round of sixty four that's in the men's tournament. And of course, Gonzaga is the overall number one seed. They've pretty much been the most consistent throughout the entire season, even though they haven't really played too many people. Um, but the number ones, of course, is Gonzaga. Uh, I think Baylor, um, Gonzaga, Arizona. Baylor, Arizona, and Kansas. In your opinion, let's 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 start with the let's start with the West. Gonzaga, uh, Duke, Texas Tech. To me, oh Michigan State. Yeah, I forgot about that. To me, this this is a. I could be wrong. I'll ask you, but this is a two to three team region, in my opinion. To me, it's either I have either Gonzaga, um, Duke, or Texas Tech. I don't really see Arkansas scoring wise keeping up. We we talked about off my Michigan State's a little too inconsistent. UConn's been a surprise this whole season for me, but I just don't see them. You know they haven't really played too many people. So what? When we look at the West, how what? How do you think this this region is going to shape out? Okay, so I'm gonna answer that question. I got something else too. So I think the best team in this region is actually Duke. Um, as much as I hate to say it, because I'm not, I don't like Duke, but Duke. I think beat Gonzaga earlier in the year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke has to me the best player in the draft from Paulo Banquero. Um, some might argue Jabari, some might argue Chet. Gonzaga, I'm not falling for Gonzaga ever again after last year. After they got blown out in the championship, I'm never falling for it again. Mm. So um, they got shooters, AJ Griffin. 
Mark Williams actually playing well as a big man for Duke. Um, they can match height with Gonzaga. Drew Timmy came up short in the tournament last year. I don't know how he'll do again this year. I, I got Duke taking it as much as I hate to say it, like I said, especially with my team being in the Western Michigan State. I do agree with Michigan State being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. We'll have so many droughts where we just can't score. And on top of that, we're a bad turnover team. So you can't compound the two and expect to go far. Mm-hmm. As far as your UConn point, upset alert. I have New Mexico State with Teddy Buckets beating UConn first round. I actually have New Mexico State maybe even going to the Sweet 16. New Mexico, so, why? Uh, I need to know. Teddy Buckets. New Mexico State. Okay. Uh, okay. Teddy Buckets, Western Athletic Conference Player of the Year. He, his brother, Timmy Allen, bro, they're both, they can put the ball in the basket. And in the tournament, it's about players that can put the ball in the basket. Hmm. I know UConn has a nice little mob at RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, Adama Sanogo, who might be a force down low. But New Mexico State is not a bad team. Like, you might see the mid-major and see New Mexico State. Like, wow, wow they, who they beat? They had a pretty nice little Western Athletic Conference with Seattle, who had Darion Tramiel, who, like, third in the league in steals, averaging, like, 19 points a game. They had... I, I believe they beat Grand Canyon in the finals who was in the tournament last year. So New Mexico State is a really good team that I think people should watch out for. Um, so I just, that's my upset alert. So let me, let me, I hit two, I'll hit two of your points. Duke. Now I'm not saying this because I'm a North Carolina fan. I'm being as unbiased okay. as possible. I've seen Duke, in my opinion, suffers from the same thing Kentucky suffers from as far as if they ain't shooting, if they can't shoot, like if, if, if Bancaro's not on, if Moore's not on, they're not hitting nothing. I saw, we saw that now people say it was nerves, but we saw that the last game against North Carolina, uh, coach K's last game, they were, they were on fire in the first half and they couldn't shoot to say they liked the second half. And of course, North Carolina came back and ultimately won. We saw that against Virginia tech. In um, uh, in in yeah, they they couldn't hit to say they life, and it's I, I just feel while Bacaro's great and he's going to be a high draft pick, I just feel I don't know if he if he offensively wise is good enough to carry this team, and and for some reason Wendell Moore he's like he's he's good enough to be a top draft pick, and he probably will, but. He just comes and goes sometimes, in my opinion. Like sometimes he'll he'll have incredible games, incredible moments, but then there's other times he kind of suffers from who's that? Like the, you know that player where you look like, oh shoot, I didn't even know he was still on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stuff like like that. And and to me, you can't do that in the in the tournament. You cannot do that. You're yeah. gonna need consistent play. And I just don't think that Duke is the most or as consistent to. Not saying they're not gonna. I mean, clearly I have them beating uh, CSU. Fullerton, but I, I just mm-hmm. once you start getting to the Sweet 16s and Elite Eights, I it's going to be tough because you, we know the game plan for Duke. Yo, if they're not scoring, their their offense or their defense kind of runs in their offense. Their offense ain't there. Their defense ain't going to be there. And that's, I guess I'll ask you. Do do you feel the same way? I just I just feel Duke Duke's right. lack of offense at times can really do them in. The only thing I disagree with is Paulo Bancaro being good enough offensively. I think Paulo Bancaro can put the he's a, he can score from any angle, every he can score anywhere on the court. He can take you out perimeter score. He can score down low. I think Paulo Bancaro is that good. Like I said, when it comes to the tournament, you need that one guy who, no matter what, you know you can go to and get a bucket. Hence the New Mexico State point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I do feel like that. The only pushback I have with Duke is if they run into like a Texas Tech who is really great defensively, yeah. they hold teams to like real low numbers. But Texas Tech is another team that really don't have a score, like somebody that can take over. They have the UTEP transfer, Bryson Williams down low, who I really liked while he was at UTEP. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like a bucket getter with Texas Tech, maybe you can go, I think he's Terrence Shannon, maybe. But Gonzaga, like I said, I just can't do it. I will never fall for Gonzaga again. I'm not doing it. And so, like I said, that's why I got Duke winning the region. Do I think Michigan State can upset Duke if that uh, round of, uh, second round matchup happens? I think it's possible because we have the length and we have the size for Duke with uh, Bingham, uh, Julius Marble, who's been playing really well lately. Um, Max Christie is a phenomenal freshman. Tyson Walker is a closer. Um, I don't know how severe that injury was against um, Purdue. I think that was... Was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. He sustained the injury against Purdue. I don't know how severe it was. I didn't look it up. I like A.J. Hogarth. He's a tough point guard. Go to the cup. I wish he could shoot better, but can't, I can, sometimes you just can't have it all with Michigan State recruits. I think we can get him, but my pick for that reason is Duke. I think Paolo is good enough to carry Duke out of that region. Now, when you go against better number ones like a Baylor or like an Arizona or even a number two like Kentucky, that would – that might cause them. Well, you're not gonna like my upset of this of this uh bracket of this. Oh, you! Do, I love Davidson too. Is that it? Is day? I, I just I love Davidson. It, it kind of goes back to your point as far as you Michigan State goes through offensive droughts like like nobody like nobody else in this in this region like they and now now they are they are bigger than than Davidson. Uh, they they have better name players but davison's been on on davison caught fire at the at the best one oh, no they're an offensive juggernaut yes davison's an offensive juggernaut they got lee the shooter they got foster lawyer the michigan state transfer i wish we could have them but he, <laughs> we ain't had no not enough spots unfortunately so they i got uh luca the a10 player of the year big luca mm -hmm. who i love a lot um ponja number three they are an offensive juggernaut mm -hmm. but can they stop us defensively is the question. That's 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 the biggest thing. Can they stop you guys defensively? Can they stop you guys from getting to the paint? Can they stop, you know, especially because one thing that Davidson does give up at times are open threes. You guys are going to have to knock them down. Uh, you guys, that is Michigan State for people that's listening. Um, you're going you're, you're going to have to knock them down. So that that could be my upset uh, of the of the West bracket. Now. Now, every year. There's always one number one that just gets put through a gauntlet. There's always one number one that they always say, yeah, they got the raw end of the deer deal. In my opinion, that is Baylor. Baylor in the East. I mean, you look, <laughs> you got Kentucky, you got North Carolina, you got Marquette, you got Texas, you got Purdue, you got Murray State who's on fire. Do, do you agree with me by saying that Baylor probably San Francisco has not? San Francisco not bums either. San Francisco can win that game. I think actually San Francisco is favorited. Hell, I, I don't I don't see them winning at all. But Norfolk State is is a, is a, is a squad too. So do you think that Baylor, in my opinion, I think Baylor has the toughest region by far. Do you think? Do you agree with me in that sense? I can see what you're saying, but to me, in all honesty, this whole tournament 
just seems like a gauntlet. Like, I was watching the Selection Sunday bracket show on Sunday, and I was thinking, like, this tournament is going to be so amazing because it's so many good matchups. It's so many good teams in different regions. Now, to your point of the hardest region, I don't remember the regions off top, so I can't really answer that. But from what you're saying, that region is like a gauntlet because Texas is a really good offensive team mm -hmm. uh, coached by Chris Beer, who left Texas Tech. They have Marcus Carr, the transfer, Christian Bishop, the transfer from Creighton, Timmy Allen, the transfer from Utah. Devin Askew, he gets burned in there to transfer from Kentucky. But I don't really see him that big of a factor. Then they still have the guys they kept, like um, Courtney Ramey, Andrew Jones. Yeah. So that team offensively, really good. But they do suffer from turnovers, and they also can't hit droughts. Mm -hmm. um, I chose Baylor to win it all. Um, oh, like maybe all early as far in the as all the, the tour. Okay, okay. Ooh. I chose Baylor to win it all earlier in the year before, like, the injuries and things like that. I really like LJ Cryer. James Akinjo is a pretty good point guard. I've been watching him since he was at Georgetown. Mm -hmm. um, I like Matthew Moyer. He brings the experience from being on the team last year. Cryer was on the team last year, but he barely played. So did Adam, Adam Flagler came off the bench last year, if I remember correctly. So he also has that, uh, that championship experience. Um, Jeremy Shohan has been coming on lately yeah. for Baylor, as well as um, Flo Thamba. Flo Thamba, mm -hmm. as soon as J uh, Jonathan Natachu got, got hurt, his numbers, his game rose tremendously. Yeah. Let's talk about it. How far can my North Carolina go? Let, in fact, let me say this. And I'm going to be as honest as possible. I can see North Carolina either losing the first round to Marquette. This is yet the second year in a row that we're eight seed. Second year in a row we're playing a Wisconsin team. Second year in a row that we can get, because they just constantly last year destroyed us. Um, Which, yeah. We could, I could see us, and, and here's, I could see North Carolina either losing in the round of uh, 84 or 64, or I can also see them going to the Sweet 16. And I'm going to tell you why. North Carolina, to me, is the most, is the hardest team and the most frustrating team to, to, to root for right now uh, and, to, and to, I guess, understand. And I say that because we know North Carolina knows what they are. They're not the best offensive team. Yes, you have Caleb Love, who we thought was going to make a big leap from last year to this year. He did not. Uh, RJ Davis has had his moments like we talked about off mic, but no one really thinks that's as sustainable. Uh, Bangkok, I think he should have been ACC player of the year. But that's what a lot of people were saying. But, you know, it is what it is. He, but in my opinion, he was the best player in the ACC. However, he's a big man. And you and you have you need a guard to give him the ball. Uh, Brady Manick has been going crazy from three oh probably since the last few weeks of the of the year. Um, but he don't play. I'm not gonna say he don't. He's not the best. He's kind of like Rudy Gobert in the sense of if you bring him out the paint, he's not the best defender. Uh because because you know um but i say all that to say north carolina man they are i call them at least this year the jacqueline high team because they can look incredible like they did against duke uh the second half of coach k's last game like they did the last part of the season but then they can go they can look like one of the one of the worst teams in college at times because they don't have really they don't have scores they don't have I talked to uh, a young lady named Tykira Carter, and she said, which which was true, if you look at almost every single 
March Madness. It do- they're dominated by guards. Hell, you look like Davon Love and and I forgot homeboy's name. Uh, they're dominated by guards. Hell, Jalen Suggs was going crazy last year. Yeah, you got uh, last year with Baylor, Jared Butler, and um, Mitchell. And Mitchell. I don't see. I can't. I don't trust Leaky Black's offense clearly. Now his defense is great, but his offense, no. I don't. I. It's hard for me to trust Caleb Love because he's been so inconsistent. It's hard for me to trust R.J. Davis because he's so, he's been so inconsistent. So North Carolina's usual, uh, I guess, call to fame, you can say, is their bigs and and how they dominate the offensive glass, how they dominate the paint. But all we have is 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 Baycott because because mm-hmm. Brady Manning is a three point shooter. So. I can see four. it. I can see it's it's just it's tough for me to pick. So I, I want to know your opinion, but it's tough for me to pick North Carolina going because I could see them if they beat a Marquette. I can see them, you know, uh matching up well with Baylor. But then I can also see them losing to Marquette because they can't shoot to save their life. And we've seen that like when they played when they played Virginia Tech. Now, yes, Virginia Tech ultimately won the ACC championship, but they 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 get blitzed. It's either they get blitzed or or the, or it's a good game. Like they they get if they get blitzed, it's over. Yo, Virginia Tech was like up fifteen quickly. So 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 how do you feel about North Carolina? Man? All right, so I think like you said, I think y'all can lose the first game to Marquette because Marquette can actually score the ball, and they have the big. They have a big that can match with Baycock, the Oklahoma transfer, Kirk Carew. Mm-hmm. I like Justin Lewis a lot. I don't know if y'all can who y'all will put on Justin Lewis to stop him because he's like the four two. And if he takes Brady Manic outside, yeah. which he can do, it's, it's, ooh, it's, it's gonna, gonna be a long day. night for Brady Manic. Yeah. Daryl Morsell, the uh, the transfer from Maryland, he's a, a great defensive guard. So they'll probably put him more so on Caleb Love than RJ Davis, just so he won't, because you know Caleb Love get hot. Hey, watch out. Yeah. So they'll probably do that so he can't get hot. I like Tyler Kolick, who runs the offense. He's a shooter. Um, they have other nice little role uh, role players. So Marquette could beat y'all. Mm-hmm. It depends, like you said, when North Carolina shows up. If the North Carolina shows up towards the latter half of the season, who are starting to figure it out a little bit, if RJ Davis and Caleb Love can get it going, y'all can y'all could very much so win that game. But yeah. if early North Carolina shows up, which we're in danger of not making the tournament yeah, early getting, on the year, it's it's over. Like you said, it's just another Wisconsin team that ran right through y'all to go to the next round. It's plain and simple. So, with that being said, to make a pick, because I'm going to have to do this for the bracket, I'm going to go with the more consistent Marquette just because of consistency. Yeah, I'm not mad at that because I, again, I, taking out all my fandom, taking out all my bias, it's very challenging. I kind of look at North Carolina the same way uh, I look at, um, Kentucky on the women's side. It's like, yeah, they're Kentucky did win the SEC championship, but they've been so inconsistent. I don't know. But I also, what is your opinion on UCLA? Like how, how, how good do you think you say UCLA can be in this, in this tournament? Oh man. So UCLA got some good pieces. I, I don't think last year was a fluke because they have basically the same roster and they're just as good. I think it might have took them a long time for them to click. 
and get it together. But that nucleus of Tiger Campbell, Johnny Juzang, and Jaime Hawkins is still together. Mm -hmm. And they're still with, like, I think overall a seven seed. And I believe they just won the uh, the Pac-12 tournament. So, yeah, because they beat USC. They, Did they? Yeah, they lost to uh, I can't remember. Arizona. They lost to Arizona. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yep, 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 yep. You're right. USC was a semifinal. Then they lost to Arizona. You're yeah. right. Um, but they made it to the final of the uh, Pac-12 tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a really good team. I told my friend earlier in the year I didn't have them winning it all because I don't think they're good enough down low. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Jaime Hawkins makes some crazy shots and crazy moments that that could be daggers to hearts. Like, oh my God, you need a bucket. Oh, he put up a crazy shot. How did that go in? He -hmm. can do that. He does that. Donnie Juzang can score. They have a shooter, Jules Bernard. But my mm. question is, like I said, what happens? And we've seen it. What happens when you take out Juzang? What happens when you take out uh, the guard? It's just like, it's it's like they don't really have a third punch that's reliable. They have good pieces. But they, Tiger Campbell is good. Tiger Campbell has his moments when the clutch, if they go away where he can step up. Yeah. I will give Tiger Campbell that. Um, I don't think I have them in the final four. Right. I think they can be, I think their ceiling is maybe elite eight hmm. as a ceiling. But they're a really good team, though. I, I can't take that away from them. How far do you think Kentucky can go? That was who I had. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Before the season started, when Coach K was doing the whole transfer portal game, mm-hmm. I said flat out he won the transfer portal. She weighed a, a, a national player of the year contestant. Mm-hmm. Kellen Grady, the shooter from Davidson. CJ Frederick, who's not even playing this year, was another transfer from Iowa. And Severe Wheeler, who led the uh, SEC in assists last year with Georgia, were all great pickups in the transfer portal. Then you add on Ty Ty Washington, who was a five-star guard. And you have still Jacob Toppin. You still have – oh, no, no, no. My bad. I'm wrong. You, well, Davion Mintz is cool. He's, he, he's, he brings senior leadership. Mm-hmm. They have a really nice roster. They need that roster to stay intact, however. They can't have a, a freakish Severe Wheeler injury or a freakish Tata Watson injury, which has happened twice mm-hmm. already this season. They lose those guys, their season's over. I think Kentucky's good enough to go Final Four. I just – and, and it goes back to what I said about uh, Duke. And we saw that in the SEC championship, yo, or in SEC, in the SEC uh, semifinals. No, Tennessee. Oh, yeah, you're right, right. Tennessee. Plus, actually, no. in, the, in the semifinals, yo, when, when, when Kentucky is not hitting shots, they are, I'm not going to say garbage because they, they got homeboy in the paint, but they just, they ain't doing nothing. And it's, it's but, bad. I have my only pushback is Tennessee was playing really, 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 really great ball yeah. to like SEC conference to now. Tennessee has been playing great ball. Tennessee has a couple freshmen that are really nice. Mm-hmm. They have John Fulkerson with senior leadership, who's actually really good. They have, I'm mess up his first name, I'm not going to say it. Uh, Scobie, the shooter, mm-hmm. the foreign shooter. Yeah. They got talent. Tennessee is a really good team. Mm-hmm. So I, I won't let that game cloud my judgment, but like I said, Final Four, man. I, I think that's my ceiling for Kentucky's Final Four. So I won't go, say he'll win it all. 
Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Uh, I won't say that. Let's go to the South. Uh, of course, the number one team in this one is Arizona. Um, you have we have Villanova, Tennessee. Uh, to me, the most faulty number four of all time in Illinois. Um, I don't even got to ask because I remember what you said, but tell me why you have the upset, which is Loyola, Chicago beating Ohio State. Okay. Loyola, great defensive team. Like, I mean, great defensive team. That's always been their DNA, even with Porter Mosier was there coaching. So now Drew Valentine, shout out to Drew uh, Valentine coaching there now. Ohio State, yes, they have Isla Dale. They got Michi Johnson. But they are not a consistent scoring team as well. Mm-hmm. And Loyola's used to playing those low-scoring, grind-them-out games. Plus, we've also seen Ohio State get upset by Oral Roberts last year. We've seen Ohio State kind of, like, not show up before. So, gotcha. I think Loyola can take them out of the game. We've, we've seen a Loyola team beat Illinois, even though they don't have the same big man, Cameron Kurtwig. They still got Lucas Williamson, the guard, hell of a defender. Mm-hmm. They still got him in that leadership. I just think Loyola has what it takes to beat Ohio State. All right. I'm going to need you. <laughs> To take your 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 Michigan State fandom, I, I'm gonna need you to take that hat. It's not off. even that. I'm gonna need you to take that hat off when I when, when I ask this next question, and I'll, I'll start. Oh, I know what's coming. So I look at Michigan kind of the same way I look at North Carolina. <clears throat> not saying that's a good enough team, but to me, Michigan has Michigan went into we went into the the uh the seat. A lot of people went into the season like the the poll people. They had them as like a number one seed at one time. Number three, number four. I apologize. Number four seed. Now, of course, I don't know. It's been just underachievement. There's been a lot of injuries. Is you know we know about uh, homie mushing people. It's it has not been the season for Michigan. But however, they find themselves at the 11th seed, and I think that that to me is my upset. If we talk about ranking, my upset is I think Michigan is going to beat Colorado State. I think. I think Michigan played their best basketball coming into this. Like they played the best basketball at this point. Now, no, they didn't win the conference championship, but they're playing their best basketball. And then you get uh, Juwan Howard back. It's, I, I don't, I don't know how far I can take them. I don't know how far I'm confident in saying they can go, but I am confident that that, I mean, that is my upset, at least for the South region, and that's Michigan, Colorado State. So, if you can, taking off your Michigan State fandom, how far do you think Michigan can go? I'm leaving it on for a second. I'm taking shots. <laughs> Michigan had the number one recruiting class, Fumble. Number four, and I think number four in the country to start the year, yeah. Fumble. Yes. Played us, lost by 18. Granted, they beat us by like 18 when we went to their house, but yeah. And lost by 18 to us. Mm-hmm. It was up 17 to Indiana in the tournament. Fumble. Yes. This team will fumble. And you're right. They played really good basketball the last five games of the season. Mm-hmm. You know who wasn't there the last five games of the season? Jawan Howard. So you're saying that. You know who was there it. when they fumbled that 17 point lead? Jawan Howard. I'm not saying that Jawan Howard's a bad coach. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is, I don't know what the, I don't this team specifically. I don't know what's up with him and the team because you see when Michigan had Juwan Howard, I believe last year or the year before last, they started off what nine and zero, won the battle for Atlantis, mm-hmm. looked really good. 
And I hate to say it because I hate Michigan. But they looked really good. They looked like a championship team. I think that was last year. Go to the Elite Eight, lose to UCLA. Now you bring in the number one recruiting class, all these young guys, you bring in these transfers, and you don't look even close to what you looked last year. And you had some players. Um, What's the name uh, that came back? It's Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. So you had Hunter come back. You had Eli Brooks come back, who was really good for y'all. I mean, you lose Livers, but I mean, Livers wasn't even there for the tournament run. He was hurt. So I don't know. But to answer your question about the Colorado State game, Colorado State can be in danger because David Roddy, as great as he is, one Mountain West player of the year. He's undersized as a big when you go to like a Michigan or like when you play against a Purdue or when you're playing against other teams who have better, not better bigs, but bigger bigs who are also skillful. Like Kofi Coburn and Illinois and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he might have his work cut out for him. But they do have good guards with Charlie Moore and Isaiah Stevens. I, I like those two guards with Colorado State a lot. It's going to be a good game because Colorado State is a hell of a defensive team. Mm-hmm. And they won't allow as many open threes for Michigan, I believe, as uh, most teams do. Yeah. So Michigan will have to probably attack the paint, which they have no problem with for Hunter Dickinson, to be honest. He has no problem attacking the paint. And the other freshman, Diabate, mm-hmm. they have no problem attacking the paint. But I think Colorado State can win that game. And to go to your upset point, yes, by numbers, like you said, it's an upset. But I don't even think Colorado State is actually favored in the game. I think they're underdogs. Yeah, they are, so, which doesn't make – well, I guess it makes sense as far as the, the strength or schedule, whatever. But, yeah. yeah. Quick question, quickly. Who do you think can go further, Houston or Illinois? Houston. Oh, no. <clears throat> Houston. Houston, Houston, Houston. Okay. I like, I, I like both teams, but you say quickly. I don't like Illinois. I like Kofi. I don't like Illinois. I just think Illinois. You like Trent Frazier and Andre Cabello? Yo, it goes back to UCLA, Joan, bro. Like they, they're good, and they're Trent they're Frazier's clutch and Cabello. He's clutch, but there are and you watch them a lot. There are games where they just like they look terrible. I'm just like, all right, like Cabello more so was in out the lineup dude. I don't know. It was sometimes injury, then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, what the hell? Where is Cabello? Like, that's what why I'm, is he not playing? And Trent the, Frazier. I would definitely give you that. It's time for my Trent. Come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, like, you're better than this. Like, dude, like, Kofi's a monster, but it's just, I just, I I just, Houston plays a such a quick pace, a quick, like, you, they have a rugged quickness to them. It's like, and they're, they're, def- they're also another crazy defensive team. And they're better defensively this year than they were last year. Now, of course, yeah. they don't have the, the scores that they did last year, but they're tough. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus Sasser got injured, though. That's a big part of it. That is huge. That's definitely huge. Let's go to the Midwest, uh, which is Kansas, Auburn, um, Iowa, UCLA, or no, USC, uh, Wisconsin. You talked about Kentucky. You said you felt Kentucky won the transfer portal. I think I agree with you as far as overall they won the transfer portal. But I think Auburn won the transfer player. Mm-hmm. I know why. <laughs> and I just, I think. Go ahead, do it, bro. Mm. Let the name out. Go ahead. I know it hurts. He... I know it hurts. I'm not going to say it. I'm just. Nah, go ahead. It's, it's, it sucks, bro. He was, 
it it sucks. I just he was right there. He was right there, and shows uh, all <laughs> uh, And and the thing about it was, yo, where was this last year? That's all of, where was this, Herschel? It doesn't make sense to me. It's like I, I get the sense of because uh, you can look at Jabari Smith, who he was playing well in Georgia, but he wasn't playing like this. I guess change of scenery helps, but like, man, he was like what second in the in the country in blocks. Yeah, what a triple double with blocks one yeah, game. Triple double, like come on, <laughs> bro, where was this? We not that far. All right, you gotta I'm say just, his name, man. I'm gonna just say this to say I think that um, <laughs> I don't that man. That frustrates me, bro. Because imagine about him, Kessler Walker. For those imagine, who don't know, imagine Kessler Walker, who was a North, who was with North Carolina. For people that don't know, Kessler Walker was with North Carolina last year. Did absolutely nothing for us. Like absolutely, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he was uh, that was injury. I think the beginning of the year, but he didn't really do much for us at all. He goes to Auburn and having one of the greatest statistical <laughs> seasons in college basketball history. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> and he only stayed with us for one year, then entered the transfer portal. Like, imagine. No, I'm not even gonna keep. So, let <laughs> me just say this. Um, to me, this is the. While I do think Baylor has the toughest region, I think that this is the one number one that is in Kansas that I fear the most could lose. Um, and that's because, I mean. I, I think I think honestly, because they lost in the SEC tournament, that's why they kind they kind of oh, got Auburn. Auburn. That's kind of why okay. they got bumped down to the two okay. side. But I think that Auburn should have been a number one in this in this region. I agree. Um, and I just I think yes, uh, uh, Mobley at USC, he's good. But I don't know if you know. I don't I don't know how he'll be in the tournament, especially without his brother. Um, because Evan Moe was going crazy last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, Providence is cool, but they're they're kind of a smaller, the smaller guards ish. Um, Iowa, I, to me, they kind of feel like a, a a better Davison, but that's I mean, they hot. Yeah, they're hot right now. I just I, I just think the biggest. I don't I don't really trust Wisconsin. I, I just think the biggest. The, the best team in this in the Midwest region, in my opinion, is Auburn, not Kansas. What say you? I'm I'm, agree, I'm agreeing. I think it's Auburn too. I think um Auburn's really good now. I think Auburn hit like a little rough patch later in the season, which is probably the worst time to hit one. Yes. But I think Bruce Pearl. I think it's Bruce Pearl, right? Bruce Pearl yes. will get them together. Bruce Pearl took a not a. I don't want to say a worse team to make it seem like the team that he took to the Final Four wasn't good, mm-hmm. but this is a better team than what he took to the final four a couple years ago and lost, which he might've got cheated against Virginia. For, so, uh, sure got cheated, but I just, um, so yeah. My, my problem with Auburn, I think that the only thing that scares me about Auburn is their guards are hit and miss. They went, yeah, for sure. I, and that to me is their, that's, if you look at all of their losses, it's because I'm not going to put it all on them, but their guards did not play well. They are for undersized sure. and they do take some bad shots at times. Oh my God. <laughs> Does Wendell Green and KD Johnson take bad shots at times? So it's like, yes, you have a, a top, arguably top five player in Jabari Smith, but it's like, again, the tournament is a guard, is it shouts out to uh, Tykira Carter. The shout, the, the, 
the tournament is a guard driven tournament. Like you're going to go as far, not saying your guard has to be the best player, but if your guard is, is, is lacking, it's, it shows. I.E. last year when Mitchell played pretty much the best he could ever play for, um, for Baylor and, and they destroyed Gonzaga. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, that's the only thing that scares me about Auburn. But when you have, uh, Herschel, when you have Jabari, it's to me that's and you gotta say his name right, man. I know he ain't. I know what he did. What he did. Say his name right. When you have Herschel Walker, Kessler, you, have, whatever, you keep saying the running back. Oh, I did say what? Yeah, I just. I'm not saying his name, bro. Um, <laughs> Come on! Oh my god. <laughs> uh, what do you, I'll ask you? What do you think? Um, what do you think? Kansas' biggest weaknesses? Honestly, and this might sound crazy, and I'm going to ask you this first before I answer this, which is kind of going to give away my answer. Do you think that David McCormick regressed? Oh, for sure. I, and I think I think they they built the team around him. And they I, I think, of course, Ojale, like, that he was good. But I, I don't think that um, – yeah, for sure. I think he, he regressed mightily. He regressed a lot, yes. Him and Jalen Wilson. Oh, my God, did Jalen Wilson regress? I, 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 going into it, bringing, I thought bringing them back, I thought that they would, they would be the clear-cut number one. Yeah. Um, but no. And Walker Kessler is going to have a field Don't day. Don't say it right, man. That's the name, isn't it? Walker Kessler Walker, man. It's Walker Kessler. Whatever, Jay, you got it. So, like I said, man, it's and I'm giving him props. He's like he's arguably been the best player in college basketball. Not he had like he's been in that in that discussion. I'll yeah. give it. I'll give it to him. Yeah. I'll give it to him. Um, and that's why I have Auburn coming out coming out of that that region, honestly. And and I guess that's gonna advance the point. Who who was your final four? Uh, all right, so again, hard. I will have to look at my phone real quick because I don't remember the brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Auburn is with, like you said, Kansas. Auburn is the two, so I do have Auburn coming out of that one. Not gonna lie to you, I did not watch a lot of Arizona this year because mm-hmm, I be falling asleep at night sometimes. Man. I, be I, be tired. I be tired of work. Arizona be getting late night games. I can't do it, man. I used to be able to do it. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. Uh, I got. I want to say Duke out the West. Oh, it hurts. Mm. It hurts. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to say Duke out the West. As much as it hurts, it really hurts to say that. I'm gonna have Baylor out the East. I'm gonna stick with my guns there. Mm. That leaves the South, right? Yes. Ah, who's in the South? I know Arizona. Arizona. Um, Villanova. Tennessee, Tennessee, Houston, Tennessee, Illinois, Seton Hall, TSU. All right, can we talk about Villanova for a second? We can. Villanova, good team, good defensive team. They Brandon shouldn't have been number Gillespie. two, by the way. They should not have been number two seed, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think they got that because they won the Big East um, tournament. Honestly, I thought Tennessee should have probably got it over them. That's um, what I – yeah, even though they didn't win it, I, I felt that way too. Yeah. Ah, Villanova is so hit and miss. They either lose in the first round or go to the final four and may or may not win it all. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee. 
I'm gonna go Tennessee. I think taking that L to um no no no. No, they won it all. Tennessee won, yeah. Won it all. Yeah. Why am I tripping? They beat Texas. Tennessee won it all. They're playing hot. Mm-hmm. They have good guards. Uh Ziggler, I can, bro, do not get me started on how to say his name. I know his last name is Ziggler, the, the guard from New I know York. you're talking about. I know you're talking about Kennedy Chandler. I want to say the other guard name is. Like I said, you have the senior leadership, John Ferguson. You got um Kobe. I'm gonna go Tennessee all that reason. Just strictly because I haven't watched that much Arizona. I know they've been playing well, but I didn't see it for myself a lot, so I can't really call it. Okay, so your final four is Duke, Tennessee, uh, Auburn, and Baylor. And a quick was what's the one? Quick, quick disclaimer. I love college basketball. It's so unpredictable. So if I get all four wrong, please don't. Kill hey, me. trust me. I <laughs> you might hear, you might hear my picks and 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 be like, what? I have my final four is Gonzaga because I, I just think I, I I think when they match up against Duke, they have the best player in my in in Chet Holgram. I, I like Paolo. I do. I like him, but I just I'm. The Chet's ability to, sh- I think he's a better three point shooter. And I think okay. that's yeah. that's where I'm going to lie on that one. Um, I have Arizona. I just, to me, they have, they, they have, they have uh, Benedict uh, Matherum. He's, yeah, don't get me from the, I've seen the name. I don't know how to pronounce it. He's incredible. They have Kerr Kesra. He's, he's, he's out. I don't know if he's out, but I know he did sustain an injury. Yeah, he did. He did sustain an injury, so he might not be there. But they they still have uh, they, they still have Christian me, Coloco. Yeah. I do remember Christian Coloco from years past. Yes, and Umar uh, Belo. He's uh, Belo. He's good. Um, so I have Arizona. I have Auburn. I have Auburn. Uh, I just I just think I I just. They have Auburn. And I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with upset, actually. I'm going to go with... Uh, mostly North Carolina. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Purdue. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go with Purdue. I just... Not a bad team in, in, in terms of, you know, having that one guy that's going to get you a bucket. Jaden Ivey is for sure it, so... Yeah, and, and I just think... Yeah, they're they're kind of stumbling into the the the, the tournament, but I, I just I just feel they they still have a, a great one two combo, and they have a man like you said that can get you a bucket and is incredible at doing that. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I wouldn't say Purdue is stumbling into the tournament though, just because they lost in the final game to Iowa. I like I just said, I just think Iowa was just hot. Yes, Iowa just got hot at the right moment. Like if you look at the teams Iowa beat leading up to the Big Ten tournament. And then to win the Big Ten tournament, they get his court fired. Mm-hmm. So who? There's always one team that surprises us. I think you may have said it already, but I'm going to ask. Yes, sir. What is the team? Who is the team in this tournament that can? I, I remember what a couple years ago was Texas Tech going all the way to the national championship. They lost, but going Is that team champion. in the Final Four? Uh, I think. I mean, we remember the sister, sister, what sister Jean or something in Loyola. That was Loyola. last year. Uh, we remember Houston. I didn't think Houston was going to go that far. Or um, Roberts last year. Or Roberts. Last year was endless upsets. It was yeah. Oregon State made it far. UCLA made it far. So what is, the team, 
what's the team if you have one that may not that you think could could make a deep run in this playoffs that or what, tournament that nobody's thinking if about? you define sweet 16 for a high seed a deep run then i got new mexico state new mexico so, you really, um you really i've heard state, bro i am i am i watched a lot of them um I heard people saying UT Chattanooga. They okay. saying they can beat Illinois first round. I've heard that. I, I don't necessarily agree. I, just, I have Illinois, I have Illinois winning, but I will take the points with UT Chattanooga for any gamblers out there. Um, I'm trying to think of any higher seeds that I might. While you I don't know while, if, while but, you think while you think about it. Um, mm. Boise State, they play Memphis, and then they play Gonzaga, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I did tweet that Boise State can get at both teams. I did tweet that. Okay. I like, no, I'm dead serious. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, Boise hey. State, another hellacious defensive team with a guard who can score at will and Marcus Shaver Jr. Then you have the Arizona transfer, Emmanuel Acott, who's a 6'8 point guard mm-hmm. who runs the floor. He, he can get to the cup. You have experience. I can't. I. I'm not even gonna get started on how to pronounce one of two of their last names. One of them freshman. One of them a, a, a big down low. I, their name is. I'm not doing it. Um, you can look it up. I think it's two and thirty three, or two and thirteen. You can look their names up. I'm not doing it. Uh, Boise State. I think can get at both teams. I know Memphis is hot. Memphis is hot. Um, granted they lost to Houston, who they beat twice, but I mean Houston's a really good team, so I don't fault them for that. Um, I think if they can get past Memphis, I think they can highlight Gonzaga. Okay. So I have I haven't been able to choose between one of these two as far as it can make a deep run that nobody's really talking about. One of them, which I'm surprised to even say this, but one of them I have St. Mary's. That's uh, not a, they're a five seed though. They're five seed, but bro, like nobody has St. Mary's has to play. Has to play the winner of UCLA or Akron, bro. Which is UCLA. Yes. So <laughs> I, I think they could, yeah, they're a five seed, but I think they also they're, dominated against Agar, not early later in the year. And that's why and I, I love Tommy Cousy. They they're coming, they're they're coming in hot. And they went up against the overall number one and dominated them, not just Duke played Gonzaga. Now I know it was early in the year. Duke played Gonzaga, and it was a really close game. Mm-hmm. St. Mary's played them at the end of the year when all the you know you know your schemes, you know the players, you you know who you're playing, and they they beat the brakes off them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either Illinois, St. Mary's, and there's something I don't know why, but there's something about Iowa State that I like, man. They play defense. They play defense. They they are a rugged team, man. I, they got a score too. What's his name? Tyrese Tyrese Hunter. I want to yeah, say it's they. I just think they can really. They they like though. They they kind of remind me of Memphis, like the the old grindhouse Memphis team. Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, you talking about Grizzlies? Okay. Yeah, I just think that they they want to play a very rugged game, and if they get into if they get into shootouts, they get they 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 getting about it. They look it's good. it's over. But don't got it. If it's a defensive battle, I got I can go. I haven't gone up against anybody because of how good they play. I was honestly shocked they made the tournament. I was too. To be honest, trust me, I was too. And I was, I'm shocked like Texas A&M didn't make it. it I'm I mean, not. I, I I mean they made, they made it to the SEC championship. I thought that they would you know 
I've, the only reason why I wasn't shocked is because they took some bad L's late in the year. I believe we, South Carolina, for those who don't know, I went to graduate school. No, undergrad at Michigan State. I got accepted into graduate school at South Carolina due to unforeseen circumstances. I couldn't go. But anyway, um, South Carolina, I believe, got Texas A&M up out of there like they did. kind of late in the season. I yeah. can't remember. I always forget if it was Texas A&M or Mississippi State. It was Texas A&M. Yeah, I'm about to say. I'm pretty sure it was them. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a, a super bad loss. Um, and I think that who got in over them? I think Richmond still in a bid really hurt. If Richmond didn't steal that bid, which I was going to talk about earlier in the D- Davidson conversation, I think Texas A&M might have got in. But since Davidson ended up upsetting, uh, I mean, getting upset by Richmond, I think that took them out. I was honestly shocked as you didn't get in. Yeah, I was too. I just, I don't really know how, I know some of them were conference champions, but I don't know how they really did those last in, last out, because there was a couple teams that I felt should have definitely got in. Uh, and there's a couple of teams that I'm like, how the hell did you make it? But so uh, there's always a player that I'm not going to say come out nowhere, but that was a player that dominates the conversation and that just has an incredible run. Uh, Ooh, I think I got my answer. Who is that player for you that, and they don't even have to like win a national championship, but who is that player for you that when we look up at the end of the tournament, you say, yo, he was the player of the tournament. Okay. So obvious answer, I think is Oscar Shibway. Um, If you're looking for like a dark horse answer, I would say Keegan Murray for Iowa. Mm. Um, Johnny Davis, at, while he does put up numbers for Wisconsin, it'd be pretty inefficient at times. It'd be like, he'll have 20, but it'll be like six for 24. I'm guessing it, obviously. That's true. That's but true. it'd be that pretty be. inefficient. Um, but Keegan Murray, on the other hand, it's, yeah, it's efficient. He can shoot it. He can go to the cup. He grabs boards. And he's a, he's, yeah, I think he might be like a dark horse for a guy who with, like I said, Iowa being hot, the lead force of said hot team, he can be a guy that dominates conversation. Um, I, I guess I'm going to go with uh, Benedict Mathram from Arizona. Okay. Uh, 6'6", 210. He can shoot the hell out the ball. He, you know, he kind of, he, he can, he's such a, a smooth player. Not saying this, I, I'm not saying this is his, complete comp but he kind of reminds me of paul george as far as he can he can score with the best of them and he he, you can it doesn't really feel like he's ever sped up it feels like he he dictates his own pace and while arizona may or may not win i do think that he gives them their best shot and i think that when we look up because he he's coming into the tournament hot Uh, i just i i just i got benedict mathram as far as uh the the player that we're going to talk about i see a lot of talks about him so that's a good pick and lastly before we go i think you said it already but i'm going to ask you who do you have winning national championship Ooh, ooh. so it's my fun baylor i'm going back to back champ i'm going back to back man back to back okay i'm, I'm sticking with my guns i'm sticking with my guns i said it early in the year like real early in the season that i got baylor winning this back to back i'm sticking to it okay Okay. I've gone early now and I look like a a complete fool. (laughs) I've gone back and forth with two teams. Um, But the injury 
to uh the injury to uh Kerr Kessa Kessra Caressa. I'm sorry. We know he's talking about. Yeah, he that that's big. I don't know how he's gonna play. I don't know if he's going to play, but that's huge. Um <laughs> I'm going mm, I'm going with Auburn. I'm going with Auburn. Oh, good pick. It's not a bad pick at all. To me, it was between Auburn and Arizona. Uh, but I think that if you put them two together, uh, Auburn matches up really well with Arizona. Um, it just, like I said, the only the only questions I have about Auburn is their guard play. Uh, but they they have the forwards and the bigs. They have those. I mean, <sighs> so I'm I'm gonna go with Auburn. I'm going with Auburn. That's a good pick. I got Auburn. So you have Baylor going back to back. I have Auburn. Okay. Sticking with my guns, man. I wish I could remember some of them that made the teams, man. I can't really remember right now. Top. Well, it don't matter. There ain't no ain't no mid-major teams making it to the final four. Ain't I'm no just, you know, just some teams. Just to, you ain't know, ain't no oral robbers or. in this one. Ain't no, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's, what, what was the, uh, St. Francis Austin or something? Uh, that one. Oh year. no 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 no! You talking about Stephen F. Austin a year? Yeah. Years ago, right. When there ain't no Florida Gulf Coast this year, like there's nothing. It's it's. Well, y'all are some pretty good mid major man. They're good, but I don't see them. I mean, I appreciate Carl for coming on again. I, again, it, to me, it was it was tough, man. It was either between Auburn or Arizona. I'm gonna go with Auburn. I'm, I'm gonna go with Auburn. Uh, but let's go to the women's side, and I want I want to bring on Tykira Carter, and without further ado, here's my conversation with Tykira Carter. So let's just let's just dive right into this. We are in March Madness, women's you know the the crescendo of college basketball, and the number one seeds, of course, is South Carolina, uh, Louisville, NC State, and Stanford. Yep, and. It's, it's interesting to me because I think this year, more than any year that I can think of, there's a lot of parity in, in the women's game, meaning yeah. uh, there's well, now, yes, South Carolina has been pretty dominant. But in my opinion, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else won this year. And that's kind of more, uh, in my opinion, that's more than usual. Um, let's 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 start with the Greenboro uh region which is of course headlined by South Carolina and I was I talked to somebody else about this South Carolina of course is coming into the the tournament with a loss uh to Kentucky and a lot of people asking does that will that loss carry into the into the the tournament I say it would if South Carolina to me had a gauntlet of a schedule the entire year it felt like almost Every every week they were playing a top ten or top twenty team. Yeah, I, I would say they had the the toughest schedule in the country, which is why they're the number one overall seed. So my question to you: While yes, we did just acknowledge that they had the toughest schedule, one issue—I'm not going to say issue—one thing that could alarm me is, especially towards the end, South Carolina had a tough time holding on to leads. Now, of course, it didn't ultimately bite them until Kentucky, but they've had a tough time holding on to leads. Do you think that that could 
come back to bite them in the in this tournament? Well, I'll say it is. They've had about a week where they've probably just been practicing. They've had conversations in their locker room, I would imagine. They're coached by Don Staley, where she understands the magnitude of the problems. And I'm pretty sure, um, you know, coaches don't try to dig too deep into the articles and what people are saying on Twitter or something. But that has been a topic of discussion is the fact that they do jump out to these leads. But they're also games where they're just too close for comfort and they're not playing as dominant from top to bottom. Maybe their defense is on, but their offense is off. Maybe Zaya Cook is um, going back to some of her more immature ways and taking shots that aren't ideal for their offense and um timeliness I would say so I think they understand that that is the root of a lot of their problems is it's no doubt that they are stacked and they have the squad and the personnel um but when teams also understand that they're gonna turn it up and have belief like okay well sure they they go they have the halftime lead or whatever but coming into the second half on the scouting report it's going to be that they give away leads or they have games close to the end. So I think the mindset for most teams going into playing South Carolina is, can we just keep this close? Yeah. And I think that's sort of what happened with Kentucky. Like they, you know, they, I think in that game, they got down by as many as 15 points, but they just chugged away at it. And that part was what South Carolina wasn't necessarily used to a team who actually took their whole shot at it and came all the way back. Now they've had, um, you know, I will say late fourth quarter scares, but nothing like that Kentucky game so far this season. So, like I said, we're looking at the at the Greensboro bracket. You have South Carolina one, Iowa two, uh, Iowa State three. Do you see do you see any upsets in this bracket or in this not bracket in this region? I would say a team that is coming into the NCAA tournament with some confidence is Miami mm-hmm. out of the ACC. Uh, they knocked off Louisville and had that success story of coming back and they have some pieces. I think the the tough part when you look at this bracket with South Carolina is who matches up with their post players. And I think that makes all the difference. I think guard play, give or take, like th- there is a guard out there who can be equivalent to a Zaya Cook. I don't think there's too many guards in the country who's like a Destiny Henderson though with experience and who uh, her turnover rate and uh, taking care of the basketball is just elite. I think super next level. So um, when we, when we talk about that, the only team who I could potentially see upsetting South Carolina, so to speak, might be Iowa. Cause they have those big hefty <laughs> post players down low. And I say hefty in a sense where the big 10 kind of, lives and births those those players that are like um I don't I don't know if farm race is the word but but some bigger girls like you know who can who can bump and grind and take the physicality like that that's what the Big Ten Conference is sort of known for that toughness and so I I would say that might be the team and, and they're a two seed so the possibilities of them meeting up before um I I don't even know if that is a possibility but that that's the only thing I'm seeing. I, I don't know if Arizona is as deep as the year before to be the the Cinderella once again. So if I were to see some potential upsets, I would say that Iowa game if they do um, meet with South Carolina, which I'm looking at this right now. So South Carolina, 
they would go up against like the winner Miami or UCF potentially. And it's like, I'm not trying to say this to skip over the, the first four people, but it's like mm-hmm. that that's set up for a reason like that yeah. to protect that number one seed. So I'm like, unfortunately, I, I don't think Howard uh, will have the pieces or whoever comes out of that first four, yeah. Howard or UIW to, to pull off an upset against South Carolina. So sort of looking at it. And while, while you look, I think I, I, I agree with what you're saying about Iowa. The only thing that, I'm not going to say scares me, the only thing that I have a hesitation about with Iowa is their scoring. As far as if Caitlin Clark's not scoring, it's while they do have, you know, good, big post. I think they have solid role players to play around her. But my biggest thing with Caitlin Clark is, are you recognizing when it's just not going in? And it's not, a, it's not to say stop shooting the basketball, but how yeah. are you getting others involved to then help you get easier shots mm-hmm. where they might start sleeping on you a little bit because then you're, you're getting your post players involved early in the game. You're getting your other guards some shots or whatever and, and help the game come to her a little easier. Mm-hmm. I feel as though Caitlin Clark at times can, can be a force. And, and when you are a high volume shooter, you are that go-to person as far as offense goes that's typical Mm -hmm. um she doesn't always choose the best shots and when she's on when she's on and when she's off she's off like that's that's what comes with her and I think a lot of people understand that but at the same time I think what can make her game easier is uh her her teammates being involved on the offensive end early on yeah I think so what to to your to your credit I, I think they depend on her a lot but also the fact that she has to trust her teammates yeah yeah she can get 46 points with ease but you have to trust that okay maybe me getting 46 against the Iowa State isn't the best thing if I get maybe 20 and and I I get 10 15 assists so I think that that's I would say especially in the tournament oh I I can't think of a player who won the tournament on their own like just flat out like Brianna Stewart she was like that but think about the pieces that she had around her yeah so, I mean, yeah, she was dropping 20s and might have had a 30-point game. I don't know her statistics, so to speak, but she's a four-time champion for a reason. But I think her team had a lot to do with her individual success. <laughs> so when we, when we go down to the Wichita, there's, there's always, a, there's always a, a number one seed that a lot of people say gets the, gets the raw end of the stick. Gets mm-hmm. gets the toughest bra- gets the toughest region, and I would say that's Louisville. When you look at the Wichita region, and they have you have of course Louisville, but you have Baylor at two, Michigan at three, Tennessee at four. To me, that's that is that is at that point they say, "Hey, yo, Louisville, fend for yourself." And- yeah, I mean, truly. Then you got Oregon. Oregon is is no team to sleep on, and I would even say Ole Miss. Exactly. Um, to me. This is this is probably the only bracket. I'm, I mean, only region, maybe the Bridgeport region, but this might be the only region where I don't have as much confidence in the number one seed as as I would in another team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just say for me, I I kind of have Baylor coming out of this. I mean, you you have potentially the number one overall pick. They even though they didn't win the conference tournament, uh, they still are like one of the hottest teams, especially at the right time. And yeah. they, they're, they're good. They're good. They don't really have a weak point and like weak enough to, to really derail the team. And 
in my opinion, when you go up against a, a Louisville, when you go up against some of the bigger teams, you, you can you can outrun them. You can match side for size for size. So, yeah, they, they didn't do uh, Louisville any favors with this one, in my opinion. Nah, not at all. Uh, I, I do agree with you. That is a super tough region. Um, we we named, what, five teams off the bat who can, you know, make some noise. And in the, the women's game, there's not typically too many upsets. But if there were to be, I think it would specifically come out of this Wichita region. So what I will say about Louisville is down the stretch, they, they sort of have some similar problems in South Carolina when it comes to closing out games. They haven't been um too good with that and I would say specifically against NC State um one time around I was watching that game I don't remember at what part of the season it was but they were on the road at NC State they had a lead uh Louisville just started coughing the basketball up NC State started changing defenses Diamond Johnson starts going off it was like a whole whirlwind uh, coach didn't call a timeout, uh, and, and it seemed like the, the lead just kind of chipped away. And so I, I think about how they struggle with NC State quite a few times this season um, as far as the, the defense goes, how they matched up with each other. And Baylor, I think, is might be a more physical team than them. Yes. When, you, when you talk about physicality, having some dogs, horses, killing it on the boards. Um, so... I, I mean that that could be the game and I could I could even see them being knocked off by Tennessee uh Tennessee has some of those similar attributes what I will say is Louisville's post play isn't as strong as I think some of the other teams in this region and I know um you know a, a conversation that my dad and I had on the boys side is like guards are the ones who really have to come alive in the NCAA tourney yeah. I think the difference maker for the girls side because that physicality starts to kick in and you're tired you're playing so many games in a matter of days that you weren't necessarily used to doing in the season you know there's some type of leverage break um I think post players are, are huge when it comes to that and um the strength of your conference as well and so the, the big 12 is, is no joke and then when you talk about tennessee coming out of the sec where they had to play south carolina yeah um and they had to go up against georgia and schools like that i, I think the the physicality is a, a little different so we'll see yeah i think I, it's just i keep looking at this region and there's a lot again you said oregon and they they have a uh, upper class like they they are they they have a, a lot of you know juniors and seniors it's 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 gonna be tough man it's gonna be yeah. tough because it's it's they did not do louisville any favors and, and like you like you mentioned I, I think you really see especially in the tournament your your conference matters as far as who you play the the competition usually of course i mean you see it mostly in football but it, it's it's everywhere like the SEC, they play the more physical brand of basketball. Uh, Pac-12, they play a faster up-and-down game. ACC. Well, well I'll, I'll even bring it to this as far as, like, how about Maryland? They was running through the Big Ten at some point, and they would all, they was winning Big Ten titles, titles, titles. But when they got to the tourney, they was, couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that was based off of strength of schedule. Um, and at the time, who they were going up against in the Big Ten, they just really couldn't compare. And I think when it came to – NCAA attorney it, it sort of hurt yeah so speaking of Maryland let's let's go over to the uh Spokane region 
Spokane. Okay. Spokane. Oh, Spokane. I've been saying Spokane all day. I am, man. <laughs> nah, that's a, that's a tough one. Washington. So, of course, Stanford's number one reigning champion. Yeah. You have. I mean, no lie, on paper, this one is looking like the easiest region. Yes. That that is kind of what what I was saying, and Texas, good, okay, uh, Mulkey with LSU. Let me let me ask you because we both have clearly ties to Maryland. Let me ask you about Maryland. Um, I was talking to Jasmine Brown about it. Uh, Shouts out to her, highlight her, mm-hmm. and of course Maryland has dealt with injuries and everything all all this year. Uh, but Maryland, in my opinion, is the hardest team to figure out as far as this tournament because, I mean, you have Angel Reese, you have, you know, some really great players, but you don't know what you're going to get. Like, I can look at Maryland, and I will not be surprised in the slightest if they make it to, I don't know, the Final Four. But then I also look at Maryland, and I would not be surprised if they – a lot of people have Delaware beating them. So it's just – I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. So it's <laughs> – how do you how do you gauge Maryland season? How do you gauge uh, your confidence level with Maryland going into this playoff or yeah playoff? I'll say this: Maryland goes how Angel Reese goes, and how to me personally, Chloe Bibby can go. She's a hell of a shooter, and when she's hot, uh, I think it gives them an edge because people have to respect her from out there. Then you get that clo- that hard closeout on her. That leaves room and opens up space for Angel Reese to be able to get the ball and operate. I think Angel Reese's toughness is something that can't be matched when we when we talk about a, a tough player to go up against mentally and physically. Uh, she she's one of the players who I would say in the whole entire tournament, one of the toughest players you might face as far as like she's going to try to get in your head. Um, and you like that about her. But sometimes when she does get in your head, she can take away from her game because she wants to play this game with the other teams. Um, so I, and that's why I say the team sort of does go how she goes. Um, and then now I'm not sure about this right now. I haven't done my research. Is Ashley going to be back because she's pivotal? Um, is- I, I don't even know the extent of what her injury was, to be honest. People are saying that she's going to be back. But of course, as I mean, you don't know that actually you're going to get again. Yeah, it's, and, then that, and that's hard. You don't know. And I can't, uh, there's a lot of people and, and I'm, I'm going to take myself out of it because clearly there's there's a little bit of bias there. But there's a lot of people that going into this season had them at least uh, in the in the running to win it all. And again, it's just tough when, you know, injuries they've dealt with and inconsistency. You just don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I, I can't in good faith pick a Maryland game because it's like they, we've seen them look great against Indiana. Then we've yeah. seen them lose to teams like, okay, like what's going on here? So, yeah, um, I, I think they've, they've just been through a, a lot of ups and downs this season. And I say ups and downs from a standpoint like Brenda Freeze, her father passed. That was a tough time for them. And in that same game, I think they they faced Iowa or, or Iowa. someone like that. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the game. Um, and, you know, that, that's a game where emotions were evolved. They played bad that game, like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know. Um, and, and that's just something that has to do with off-court stuff that kind of carried over. And, of course, would she have wanted it that way? No. But, you know, I think it, it was like a direct reflection of, like, what kind of happened on the floor that day. Um and then losing your point guard is tough. Not to say that um, 
their their backup point guard wasn't good. She came and filled in those shoes fine. She's a shooter. She can hit shots as well. But Ashley dictates pace. She's a consistent scorer. Mm-hmm. She's super strong. You don't have a lot of stocky guards like Ashley who can who can get into you and you know make make it a tough game for the other people. And she can defend. Yeah. So I, I think if they have her back and again like you have to say like what Ashley will you get? I think if Ashley decides to play, it's because she's like it's go time. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't see her like being in any type of slump off the comeback. I would imagine she's been working out and stuff like that. So so Maryland is a tricky one. I know Delaware is a tough team and and they pose some of that physicality and stuff like that as well in the CAA conference and uh, they they were tough for a lot of teams to play against this year. Yeah. So. I look at the Stanford team and I don't think the Stanford team's as strong as it was last year, but again, this is the, the, the number one seed in, in the, in the region. And I don't see a team. I mean, I don't, I, the, how they play so efficiently mm-hmm. Stanford, they, they have, there's, it's very rare that they have games where they just are sloppy. They, they have a lot of turnovers. You don't see that much from Stanford and I don't, I guess, I guess I'll ask, but I don't really see, do you see somebody upsetting Stanford in this region? I don't, I, I, I don't. Now, to be honest, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. And when we talk about a team who has just been solid all year, still like from top to bottom, I could, I don't know if it'll happen, but I could see Stanford going back to back, mm. like back to back as far as winning the title again. Yeah that's that's it it was we'll talk about in a second so let's let's (laughs) let's let's go to the bridgeport and to me this conference this this region it's it's up in the air due to i don't know and i don't think we know the yukon that we're gonna get uh you know you get break page back uh az's back but and 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 i Yes, I, I love NC State. NC State is a physical team, and they will shoot the lights. I out. love NC State too. That's that's one of my favorite teams to watch. Um, but we have seen NC State has struggled with quicker teams. Not saying that they yeah. ultimately lost, but they they they've struggled with quicker teams. And to me, I mean, I I was thinking about Notre Dame, but I saw them damn near lose by fifty that one time. I like. Yeah, yeah. So, so how I feel about that is, um, I've watched a few games where NC State Kunane has gotten off to a slow start, and that has been like no good for them. And I think in the tournament they can't have that happen. Like she has to be ready to go. She has to be playing hard. There's games where at halftime she's held scoreless and she might come out and finish with 10 and they still win, but that's not the same, uh, you know, pressure as a tournament game where you're one and done. So I think even last year, like they sort of underachieved with the team that they have because they brought back all the same people that, you know, there's, there's nobody new, so to speak, they have their same squad. And so I'm really curious to see like how far they can go. I like their chances. Um, in this region, if I were to see somebody like to to get them, it would probably be Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also um, 
I think Kentucky can beat UConn, but uh, I'll talk about that in a sec because I posted on my story the other day that actually I think Kentucky versus Princeton will actually be a decent game. Princeton, um, they they always they always good for shot somebody in, in the tournament, and they and they they run that Ivy League. They they always got some pieces, a shooter, a scorer, like something. And we're um, you know me and a girl we got in a conversation. She was like. But physicality wise, I, I don't think they can they can guard Kentucky. I was like, but skill wise, I think they can. I think, you know, when you go up against Princeton, you're guarding a lot of cuts and movements and uh, you have to be ready for everything. And I, I think that piece of what they do will wear teams down if they can get past Kentucky, which, you know, we'll sort of see they're they're on a high right now. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they broke out and, and got to the Sweet 16. So I'm not calling an upset there. I just think that will potentially be a good game. I, I guess that's that's kind of where I want to go. Uh, I kind of want to ask you. Um, you, you we, we all know that you, you're a former basketball player uh, and now a play-by-play commentator. Is that what they're called? Um, uh, co- I do color commentating, but I've color, done play-by-play color, before. Yeah. Color commentating. Mm-hmm. When we talk about Kentucky, mm-hmm. what do you think? Because I, I, I'm a former college basketball player as well, so I kind of have my feelings towards it. What do you look at most? Do you look at a team like Kentucky that's coming into the tournament hot? They just beat the number one overall team. We know they can catch fire from three like almost anybody, like no one else in this entire entire uh, comp or tournament. Or do you look at, okay, well, let's look at their body of work. Let's look at they they've had good games and then they've 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 also they, they have, they've had a I will say their season has been more up and down than anybody who's in this tournament who yes. actually was able to overcome and succeed when at the right time. So if they come into the NCAA tournament with that same mojo, Kentucky could be a problem. But you never know if a team is is too high because like, oh, we want it, we're this, we're that. And they sort of revert back to those old ways. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. I think right now they're, they're, they're just doing what they're doing. They're playing their best basketball. And that took time for them this season because things weren't going well. Like their back was against the wall. Nobody could have predicted or projected them beating South Carolina. Ryan Howard stepped up though. She had a slump in like that beginning portion of the season she would have some good games bad games. she she was here yeah now i think she's here she's leveled mm-hmm. so I, I think that's it's very important for ryan howard to go in and do her thing who a lot of people still think she's the potential number one draft pick uh projected number two she's up there she's a lottery and so um i, I don't know how to feel about them in a sense where will they win it all i don't think so personally but they get past that first game, I think sky's the limit. And I say that because Princeton will pose a threat to them. Yeah. I, I think, which this is going to sound terrible, but but it's true in my opinion. I look at Princeton the same way I look at, Princeton to me is a, is a Stanford with lesser talented players as far as they they do everything right. They cut well, they pass well, they, they pass on time. They just don't have the Haley Jones. You know, they don't have... The, the players like that, um, which is why I think Princeton, they, they're they always there as far as they're, they're always one of the top teams, especially in the Ivy League. Yeah, yeah, they, they have a squad. Like, yeah. it's not like a, I think, one individual, like, flamethrower. So, um, and even 
the the former Princeton coach is at UNC now, mm. and she's the head coach there, and they're still winning. Yeah. Like so, that that says a lot. So last year, uh, there's always a player in the tournament that that is just like okay, either we saw them coming or, or they just take over the tournament. I would argue that last year it was Haley Jones of Stanford. Uh, she she clearly was the best player in my opinion in the in the in the tournament, and of course she helped Stanford get to the national championship and ultimately win. Who do you think uh, in this year's, of course, pool could be that player that we talk and say either they, they may not even have to, of course, lead their team to the championship. But who is the player that we're going to be talking about, in your opinion, when it's all said and done this year, as far as, yeah, that they were the t- player of the tournament? Hmm. I would think Aaliyah Boston would have to be in that conversation. Um, she, she's been tough for people all year, a double double machine. Um, but maturity in her game and her body, the way that she approached it, like she wanted to get better and she is better, like hands down. Um, you, you see different stories about her and how she changed her eating habits. She lost this much and, and weight and gained this and muscle mass, like a lot of different things like that. And I think, um, in that game, they lose, like, to me, it doesn't come down to Aaliyah Boston. There, there was a lot of different things, but who's will she be that leader for the team that they need as far as when, when that fourth quarter is starting to look shaky or when the third is like, we're not playing our best basketball. Uh, can, can she be that? So I think from a scoring standpoint, from a rebounding standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, blocking shots, being the person who can like stand her ground. She's never really a player who's in foul trouble. Like you have to worry about that. Like she's smart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would think it would be Aaliyah Boston. I, I, I agree. I think that, that, I mean, she's been arguably the best player in the entire season. Uh, yeah. I guess my sleeper pick of a player could be, uh, was it Naz Hillman from Michigan? Naz, yeah, from Naz Michigan. Yeah. yeah, she's she's a beast too. Um, and, and she gives post players a run for their money because she can score it in a different way. She has a mid-range game as well. And um, she can create her own shot. So I think that sort of gives her an advantage as a post player too. But a lot of the offense does run through her and she's, you know, relied on to do a lot. So uh, what does that look like in a tournament? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. The, uh, and, the, and the only other player I can kind of think of that they're the success of their team in my, I'm not going to say solely on them, but mainly on them is uh, Shakira Austin. Shakira Austin. I was thinking that. I was like, I know that's what he's about to say. Yeah. And, and while I don't, th- I mean, clearly Old Miss is a good team. And and even you said earlier, they could be on spoiler alert from some point. I do think that they go as far as she takes them. Cause I mean, she's six, five, she's, she's pretty much the center centerpiece of that offense of that team in general. So I, I think, I think she can, well, of course, she's not as offensively gifted as Haley uh, Jones is, but I think that when it's all said and done, uh, whether they go far or not, she will be a big part of them either advancing or not advancing. So, um, Yeah, uh, 100%. I love Shakira Austin's game, and I think where Ole Miss runs into some problems is is their consistency of their guards, not necessarily their post players. So I'm like, man, she's leaving this year. Like, who do you replace with that so you can continue to be in the conversation? Because Coach Yo has done a phenomenal job with that group and and bringing kids to Ole Miss in the first place. Like, you know, they haven't been on the map talked about in years. So you're able to land somebody like Shakira Austin, who 
can score around the bucket. She's trying to expand her range a little bit. Uh, she she runs the floor really well. One of her problems is though she is a a, a player who fouls and could potentially see herself on the bench. So is she going to be smart for her team and like learn when to let some things go? Um, and I wouldn't say conditioning, so to speak, but she's one of those post players that yes, she runs the floor well, but I don't think she gets up and down yeah. as quickly as some of the other mm-hmm. bigger players post forwards uh around the country who are considered like your best she's more of like a traditional five i'll say that um and she doesn't pose as much athleticism as like a melissa smith yeah. so I, I would say those those are the difference makers but i'm definitely big on shakira austin and her game i think uh, Ole Miss will have to really rely on their guards to be able to get her passes in there cleanly yeah. and then also where can they pick up the the scoring load and stuff like that where when Shakira can't so the the, the ultimate question is who do you uh, who do you have well okay, let me say this because uh, I mean don't I mean who do I have winning yeah. I, I mean the I maybe South Carolina will pull me wrong I don't think they're gonna win it though Oh, I'm, oh, I'm not. Oh. I'm not seeing it for South Carolina. I don't know why. Uh, I've I watched a, a few games of theirs this season where they've been completely like dominant, top to bottom. But I hope they prove me wrong because I like South Carolina. Like I genuinely do. Um. So so then I asked who do because that kind of threw me for a loop because I've always had to ask people if not the number ones who but who do you have winning it all? I wouldn't say like not not the number one so to speak but again I think I could potentially see Stanford going back to back or um I mean Baylor might surprise I know South Carolina will make it out of their region for sure like they, they shouldn't have a problem with that mm-hmm. but um if it comes to a point where they have to face Stanford I think Stanford might win so do you so you think I heard it's, that you, it's you, tough because like uh you think, I think Stanford- they're a really good basketball team, but I think Stanford, when it comes to decision making uh down the stretch and just making the right play is better than South Carolina at that. And I think those are factors that are huge in the tournament. Yeah, I I it's <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I'll, I'll I'll update once I actually make a bracket and have to like figure out like who wins and who loses because I didn't make my bracket for the men's or women's yet. But off top, that's how I'm feeling. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. And I just feel like a lot of times when a team, I mean, in recent years, I'll say because it hasn't been the UConn show anymore where they're just like, yeah, I think now a lot of teams who are experiencing like success like all season long are coming up short at some point like they're not making it to the finish line that's that's been the story in like some of these NCAA attorneys so we'll see and Stanford is also a team where they don't necessarily face like the the toughest competition during the season like but they ran off with it last year still so and and who would ever like I said again guess Arizona you know that that be the final so I, 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 it's gonna be an upset somewhere in there. I just don't know who yet. I need need to really sit down with it. Now I'm not I'm not putting it all on her shoulders, but I think that the play from what is Zia Cook is huge as far Zaya, as yeah. Zia Cook yeah. as far as how far they can go. Um, no, you're she, you're not lying. It's it's gonna be pivotal. 
And while she, of course, uh, Aaliyah Boss has been the best player on the team, you still need a guard to give you the ball. And and we talk about, uh, people talk about Caitlin Clark's shot selection sometimes. Uh, that's the same with Cook. I'm not saying that she- I agree. Not saying she's terrible, but sometimes she'd be like, okay, maybe- Maybe you could have had that five pass rule on that one instead of. Sometimes I think she unintentionally has a selfish bone in her body. And it's not meaning to be. It's just her decision-making and IQ is not all the way there yet. I, I would like to say, or maybe she, you know, genuinely in her heart, she shoots that and she's like, this is me. I can make that in others' eyes. That's like, that's not a good shot in your offense. You're coming down, you're one and done. Your best player, Aaliyah Boston, didn't get a touch. Like, you know, she makes some some of those plays sometimes that's super frustrating because it's like, she takes some shots where it's like, you can get that anytime. So so why? And, yeah. and sometimes it's not at the right time either. So uh those are the shots where it says uh your your coach if well if you make it it goes in you know i'm happy if not like yeah, what are you what doing, are you doing? <laughs> yeah it's like it, it's questionable so uh i think a lot of people like her i'm huge on her game like I, I like what she can do in her ability but i think those are areas that like to continue to grow and go for, forward and especially like make an impact at the next level like she'll have to clean it up and i and i guess lastly on the on the tournament I think we're both in the greens here that if we have one number one that is in most danger of losing before they get to the championship, you think is I think it's Louisville. I think it's Louisville. Okay. I'll just make it short. They, <laughs> that, yeah, I, I think it's Louisville. Like I I they're number one, but number one in a sense where I would have to go back and look at their schedule, but I don't remember like anyone where they played where it was like, dang, that's a the, they got a tough yeah. game coming up outside of like their conference. And the ACC was good this year. Like they, you know, they had a lot of bump and stuff like that. Um, a lot of players watch out for like Georgia Tech and um, I mean, down the stretch, like Miami. A lot of teams came along like late in the season. Towards the end. Yeah. yeah. So before I let you go, again, I appreciate the time. Uh, I know yeah, that you're sure. a very busy woman. Um, oh, this whole year, you're 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 you you do the G League um, sideline reporting, which is which is great. Uh, color commentating, especially for college games, which is great. So I definitely want a a, a woman in the media to, to to give their opinion on this. All year, I've been hearing about Caitlin Clark. And and this is no offense to Kaylin Clark at all. I've heard about Kaylin Clark. She's been she's been incredible, putting up forty point games. Like she's been great. Mm -hmm. But I feel that, that there's there's been a discrepancy as far as media coverage for African American women that have been doing great. Because I mean, if you look at uh, Amisha Howard, she's been on a tear with a with in DePaul. She's she's been doing going crazy. Aaliyah Boston probably will win the Player of the Year, and I barely hear anything about her. Uh, and when I look at the when I look at how the media has been covering uh, this season, especially, you know, players like Caitlin Clark and players uh, like homegirl from was it Villanova that won the, the Big East player of the year. Um, mm -hmm. I just do you feel as uh, an African-American woman in, in sports media that there is a discrepancy and how at least the. African-American women players have been discussed as as much as you, you can say 
uh, Caucasian players that are doing well? I would say totally. I think, first of all, it starts with people are copycats. Like, everybody just wants to talk about the hottest player. Well, if ESPN is talking about them, I need to be talking about them on my blog. And nobody's doing the, the deeper dive or dig into other players who are super successful in the country. Um, and, and I think it starts with that, a problem. And then another thing about the conversation that we're having, Anissa Murrow and Aaliyah Boston, those are two post players. So nobody is necessarily sold on, on talking about the post players that are dominant, not since like a, a Sylvia Fowles or anything like that. But that's when the, the game was more so geared towards post and bigger players. Now it's about guards. So a lot of people will probably go and look at some Aaliyah Boston highlights and be like, well, these aren't exciting. Kaylin Clark is, is coming across the half court and shooting threes, Shoot. like letting them fly. And so she has the more highlightable plays, but that doesn't mean she's the better player. That doesn't mean she's doing things. So I think that's where the real discrepancy starts, where people don't necessarily know the game of basketball and, and understand that it's really hard to do what Aaliyah Boston is doing. It's really hard to do what Anissa Murrow is doing at DePaul as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's leading her team her squad um but I think it, it comes down to again where you go and you look at their film and they're they're shooting layups over three people but some people don't think that's impressive but they think oh I have to talk about Kaylin Clark because she scored this much coming across the half court mark um and, and they're not looking at the total picture and it, and, and it helps because she's white right so like now we have her on the front page so I think that's where the discrepancy really does lie and I think it also lies like position based too. people just don't show like the post players as much love as they should mm-hmm. um and, and I think it also starts with the bigger media outlets not understanding the magnitude of the game and its evolution because that's something that can be talked about literally is how has the game evolved where do we start who are some of the the more tougher post players in the country because when I, I think about a player to date who who really got the coverage I would say they deserved was Maya Moore yeah. uh obviously she's not playing anymore but like that was a black woman who her career was done right mm-hmm. um and so as far as coverage everybody wants to talk about her and stuff like that but she was the, one of the most exciting dynamic guards in the country at her time um and she happened to be a black woman so I, I think that that is a part of it. Like, you know, your skin color, like, yes, I can put her on everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find it more so a problem when, you know, they, they post pictures of players and like, why does Aaliyah Boston's picture look so bad? But Caitlin yeah. Clark, yeah. that's that's where I find problems with. Cause I'm like, Aaliyah Boston has plenty of great pictures. Like, why would you choose the one where she, she looking she, tore up or crazy? Yeah. Like who, who who's doing the research and, and diving on these things? So I, I look at a lot of stuff like that. Storyline based, I think people are going off of the, the clout, the highlights. But these women are out here and they're putting in work, especially, uh, you know, our, our black post player out here and even the guards who aren't getting enough recognition as they should. But uh, I, I think it comes down to who's going to get the most clicks and retweets. And obviously um, people are are leaning towards a more of a, a Caitlin Clark for that. I And, 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 and I'm going to let you go in a second. I appreciate it. Yeah, no me, problem. I, I'm a, I, I look at it as the Jimmer for deck effect, in my opinion. And, and this is what I mean by that. I mean, who just calls spade a spade? African Americans dominate the sport of basketball. I mean, it, it wouldn't be I it wouldn't be a basketball without us. So. And I feel the media, and I work in the media as well. I feel the media tries their hardest. So when they find a player that's maybe not African-American, they try their hardest to cling to them and try to propel them. And, and, and that's that's nothing against Caitlin. That's nothing against Jimmer Fredette. But they try to propel them higher than they should because they want to feel like, okay, 
yes, it's a sport dominated by black people, but we have we have our players. Yeah, something here. Yeah. When you if you look at 2011, Jimmer Fredette was going crazy uh in college. He was going like he was putting up 50 point games, 40 point games, like it's nothing. But nobody talked about Kawhi Leonard that was going crazy in San Diego State. Or nobody was talking about uh Kimball Walker who was going crazy at UConn, had won the national championship. Like, and I just feel and and tell me if you feel I'm wrong. I just feel the media tries, and I think you may have said you it's true, but I think the media tries to cling on no matter how great it is, because again, this is nothing. They're writing that story of, of, yes. of that white player. Yeah, yeah, I agree with it. But I'll say this. I wish Kaylin Clark all the best success at the next level. Mm-hmm. But some of the plays that she's doing now and getting away with at college. Yeah, that's not going. I, I don't I don't think it's flying in the WNBA now. She'll have to expand her game a little bit to find different ways to get her shots off. And I've seen game plans where teams have been able to shut her down. You send in two people out her high hands, just being clean with it. Like she's had a tough time with that. But I also put into perspective, she is a sophomore. She has time for growth and evolution. But at the next level with the the Diana Tarazis, the Asia Wilsons, the, the point guards, the Skylar Diggins, you, you will have to do some extra work to be able to bump and grind and, and to be able to excel there. So it that leads me to the point where how long do we hear about Jim and Fredette, though? You talk about them for the seasons that they're in. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is still going though. Yeah, he, he, he's there. That's true. So I, I think that's why they cling so hard to these stories because it's like, where does this take them though to the next level? You, you're getting your money off of these people while you can because they they might not be around later. Um, and again, that's that's not to say that Caitlin Clark won't have success in the league or whatever. We'll see when that comes when that time comes. She's only a sophomore, but um, that's my little two cents on that. And, and last question, I promise you, you remind me of something that I got killed for for some reason, but I want to hear your take on it. We talk about Caitlin Clark. She's a sophomore, mm-hmm. meaning that there is no way that she's eligible of getting drafted this year. Do yeah. you think that the WNBA in, in college should change uh, the ramification or the requirements for uh, women players getting drafted? Because there's there's no one and done in the in the women's game, unfortunately. So well, you're you're draft eligible after your junior year. The only reason why I say the WNBA is not in a place to really change that quite yet is because they don't have the the space, the spots. Like so many people stay around for so long um in the league because that is their livelihood, that's their money, and they're damn good. Mm-hmm. So I, I think when it comes to we talk about a player like Clark. They the WNBA can't afford for a player like that to to stick around and, and sit and wait on their development like an NBA team can hold on to an asset like a, a young Kobe Bryant and be like, we but we know something about him, like it's, it's gonna be great. That doesn't happen often in the league. I think you either come in and you make a, a instant impact or you come off the bench and eventually like th- those are the types of stories that aren't in our game yet for the WNBA. And I think eventually it, it could be that, but I think expansion has to be the first thing. And then maybe we talk about can kids come out early and stuff like that. But also with the pay, who will want to leave early? You're getting NIL now, unless you know you're struggling with school, you have some type of learning disability problems, whatever. Like I get it. Like you're, you're really freaking good at basketball. It's not clicking in the classroom. It happens. Jewel Lloyd left early for that same reason. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that's where the WNBA's head is with that. Like we, we can't even fly our, our 
women you know private like we we have other things that they have to to work on before that's in the discussion and I think again that that'll be something that takes years because you know the there's only but so many people who can play in the league on those rosters thank you thank you again Tykeer for coming on and uh last but certainly not least here is my conversation with Jasmine Brown so Jasmine let's let's get let's get straight into it uh with the let's start let's do the the Spoonoke region. Um, of course, that is led by the number one seed in that region, Stanford. And I want to start with Maryland. We know we both have ties in Maryland. Uh, to me, Maryland is the hardest team to gauge in this, almost in this entire uh, tournament, because we've seen... Maryland look incredible. I mean, they 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 beat Indiana. We we've seen a good Maryland. Then we've seen a Maryland. Then it's like, like Jesus. Right. <laughs> so it's hard. Like you can. I can. I I I remember when I did my I guess soft predictions. I said Maryland could be a spoiler. They could spoil some teams. I know they have Delaware, and to me, they have a top ten player in the entire tournament, and Angel Reese. So. What is your gauge on how far Maryland could get could go in this entire tournament? Not not just the what Spokane region. Yeah, um, it, I feel like it's hit or miss with them. Um, they could. I mean, people people right now have Delaware upsetting Maryland, yeah. and then they have Maryland going to a Final Four. So it's just like you can't really can't really gauge um what they're going to do and especially last year a lot of people had Maryland winning it all yeah and they got surprisingly bounced by Texas like that nobody saw that coming mm-hmm. um so I mean they 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 have to play their defense they have to um they they, they have to play they have to play Maryland basketball you know um I don't know I don't know how I don't know how Ashley Owusu was going to play. Um, I really think she is my question mark right now. Um, as much as I like her, um, coming back from her injury, you can kind of tell that the, um, the team isn't flowing with her. So I feel that if she's healthy, she's going, she can play um, point. I think Marilyn can, can, can go pretty far. Um, also too, I think the thing that's been holding Maryland back for years is depth. They don't have, they have not had a strong roster in a couple years now. So they haven't had a full, uh, person roster. So I think they need to get that back as well. But for now they need to all had all bodies need to be, uh, there. And I think that, I mean, I think, I, I think that at least they can go to, um, a sweet 16. Yeah, I think that. Be- you you did touch on the injuries and that has been a big part this entire season, honestly. Mm-hmm. And even with the, I think because the injuries has also been a level of inconsistency because now you have players that didn't expect to be as important as they are not saying they're not important, but um. so I think that health is, is, I mean, health is at where is it going to be at at this point seeing as though we're in the tournament. And again, even in your answer, we don't know what to get out of Maryland. So right. that's, that's just how, that's just, that's just how it was gonna, how it was gonna, gonna be. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's speak on Stanford for a second. 
of course, they the number one overall seed in the entire tournament was South Carolina, but Maryland, I mean, no, Stanford, I'm sorry, has, I mean, they, they've been solid all year. I think, of course, South Carolina has been the most consistent, but Stanford has been Stanford. And I think that's clearly behind a candidate for player of the year, Haley Jones. How important do you think Haley Jones is going to be in, in not only Stanford trying to repeat, but, or trying to get to the you know national championship, but they have Texas and Texas is a tough, tough out for anybody. As we saw in the, the conference tournament, mm-hmm. um, how do you, do you think that Stanford has an, or clearly the number one, but do you think Stanford has enough to, I guess, put it all together as far as, cause they, they, they didn't get any easy, any easy road in their, in their, I mean, you have, they have Kansas they have to go against. They have Ohio State. They have LSU. So how do you do you think that they have enough to at least make it to, I don't know, Final Four as far as Stanford? I know it's it's crazy to think for number one, but do you think that, you know, they can be led by Haley Jones to make it to a, a Final Four and even a national championship? Yeah, you know, I, I feel, um, of course, you know, they lost, you know, Kiana, but, um, you know, I feel that they... Um, they, they have the makings of, of getting back there. Um, I don't, I don't, they, mm, let me see. I, I didn't pick them winning it last year. I, I didn't even think they were going to. Um, so, I mean, they were good. They're good. Don't get me wrong, but it was just something about other teams that I thought were going to win it all. Um, so it surprised me. Um, I just think when it comes to, um, Stanford, I think that they're getting they're, they're back on track at the right time because they did not look. I mean, it looked weird in the beginning and yeah, of yeah. the season. Um, and we were like, um, okay, they they were struggling against you know, I forgot, I, I don't forgot, was it South Dakota or so they played some like team, mm-hmm. and they they were up at halftime. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on with Stanford, but then I guess you know now they're they're back on track um uh this season, but I think it. I think Haley would definitely um, be the the key piece as she was in the championship. Um, so I mean, as long as it go through her, I think I think they'll be they'll be fine. But I I think um, right now I do think uh, for right now South Carolina would be my strongest uh, one out of all of them for sure. Uh, you touched on South Carolina. Do you think that? losing to Kentucky in the SEC championship, do you think that that's going to have a have an effect moving forward as far as in the tournament? I know they have to face Howard, which is like, well, possible playing thing, but face Howard. Right. But do you think that that, that loss, because they, Quadras has kept, they've been dominant all year. However, towards the end of the year, they've been losing some leads. And while, of course, that hasn't bit them until they got to Kentucky, do you think that moving forward or going into the tournament that could their their lack of I guess you could say finishing off teams? Do you think that that could affect them winning it all? Um, it could. Um, you know, it's all about matchups. Um, you know, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a team you are if you can't go up against a matchup and you're just doomed but I do think um 
their pieces have they have they have to work together to to win you know i think the biggest surprise for me was zaya cook you know i i thought that you know she was going to be hot you know the whole the the season but she kind of dropped off for me which is surprising but um i think possibly because of the fact that their schedule overall was so hard mm. i think um I think it reflected in the end of the season. They played so many top 25 teams yeah. and they played so many top 10 teams. You know, they they kept, you know, battling, just battling all season. And, you know, I, that it, that's mental, mental um, and physical. So, you know, Kentucky, they just got hot randomly um, then a tournament. Um, but I think now, you know, they have they had time to reset um right now and i think with that i don't know why if they if they do play um howard in the second round um and then you know bypass those games to get to c16 i think um they should be ready for it uh, you know just having little, those little little games will help them out but um yeah i would would love to see how how they stack up against those those you know, those teams that are in the sweet 16 and moving forward, because if, if, if they can't, if their efficiency isn't there still in the tournament, it's definitely, I would definitely blame it on their schedule for sure. Yeah. They, they didn't, they did not get one thing that I do. You did touch on it. Uh, One thing that I do think is going to, what the hell? One thing that I think is going to help them is the fact that they had a, hell of a schedule this entire year yeah. uh whether you know from the it felt like almost every game they played was a top 20 mm-hmm. game and and i think that's going to help them moving forward so i do like how you how you did point that out and i i did i was a little concerned when you you know with with zia cook or zaya cook um but i also think the emergence of Leah boston definitely has something to do like the ball started going through her uh, as, right as much as it should seeing as though she more than likely will win the play of the year so right yeah I think it's I think it's definitely going to be a uh I, I think that they are the most battle tested team going into the play or going into this tournament and I'm excited to see you know how how they how they fare uh but let's 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 go over to the Spokane region uh one more time so we talked about Stanford we talked about Maryland is there any other team that you could see that could emerge out of this region as, you know, as a, as a candidate for a team that could, could be on upset alert or a team that they could put somebody on upset. Do you see a team in this region? Yeah, I think, um, I would definitely be on alert for Florida Gulf Coast. Um, uh, her name is slipping me, um, but she uh, she was at Ohio State. But um, she her name is slipping my mind. Um, but uh, that the, she, she's uh, she's she's like in a w, WNBA uh, um, uh, draft, like in their draft board right now. So you know, I think that team could be uh, really good. Also LSU, um, I think LSU would be a surprise. Um, even though, you know, they are a three seed, but, you know, um, I think people didn't really see or, um, predict, I guess, how great Kimoki would do with the roster. 
I was one of them. Um, I was one of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess because of how everything went down, you know, she left Baylor, went to LSU, and then she got that roster. Um, but, you know, I, she has experience. She has postseason experience. A lot of it, she just won, you know, she won a national title in 2019. So, um, you know, I, I think I think LSU will probably be my main one. Um, I would say Ohio. I would say Ohio State because they have a lot of um, they have strong perimeter shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that they can really get a lot of teams out the paint if if they do that. And also, Big Ten. I think big the Big Ten as a whole they're like really underrated and slept on. And we saw that last year, you know, Michigan advanced, Indiana advanced, like there's so many teams that I think it was like two or three teams that went to the elite eight or four that went to the elite eight um, last year. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a big 10 team came out of this. I know people are expecting Maryland, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio state came out of it. Okay. So let's, let's, let's go down to the Bridgeport, uh, which of course is, you know, led by the NC, NC State and the UConn. The, to me, this is this is probably the toughest uh, uh, region because you have, like I said, NC State, UConn. Kentucky is, is hot right now, hotter than any team, especially when we talk about shooting the ball. Um, I think this is, this is probably the, the only, I'm not going to say only, but this is probably the region that to me is most up in the air as far as anybody that can come out of it. Um, and that's no disrespect to NC State. To me, that's more respect to the teams that's there. Uh, let's kind of focus on on UConn this year because they've had an uncharacteristic year for them uh, with, of course, Paige not being there, but now she's back, of course. Fit is everything in basketball, as you, as you would know. And not saying she doesn't fit clearly, but you know, she came back later in the season and they, and they struggled. Do you think that we, we, we see a fully healthy UConn now? Uh, do you think that they could, of course, the two C, but do you, do you think that they could be, they could win it all? Honestly, that's, that's the question that I have. Um, now that Paige is back, do you think that they have enough to win it all? Um, It, it depends. I think, um, you know, they have AZ back, they have Paige back. Um, Kristen is doing her thing, but I think as a whole, um, and Dorka, but I think as a whole, <coughs> sorry, um, the depth was just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play in the big East, but they ran through it. Yeah. It's the big East. So, yeah. So I think, you know, we really don't get to see how they are until the tournament. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing at AAC, you know, but I think because of the fact that they play in these weak conferences, they have these fresh legs, and that's why they're able to advance mm-hmm. so far all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's, let me, let me, let's focus on Notre Dame for a second. So, you the, the the fifth seed. I can't get out of my head that uh, damn near fifty point loss that they had, and 
when you have a team like NC State, you just talked about depth, and NC State is a deep team. They can shoot the hell out the ball. They they are great defensively. No, we we I'm not saying we used to, but Notre Dame would always have that that mantra. You know, when you when you had Skylar Diggins, you had some of the people that they had. Mm-hmm. It's it's to me. I look even though they're a fifth seed, which honestly even though they did kind of finish out the season kind of well, I wouldn't put them at the fifth seed. I think that I don't, I just, I don't think that they have, honestly, I'm asking you about this because I'm looking at their matchup between uh, Notre Dame and Massachusetts. And I honestly think Massachusetts can, can upset them. That's, that's the upset alert for me. Uh, Out of the entire, the entire Bridgeport region, who do you have on upset alert? Um, I, I definitely have uh, Princeton mm. on upset alert. They've always been um, always been good. And, you know, <laughs> they I, I can definitely see them uh, possibly knocking Kentucky out. Mm. Um, and also, I mean, that's pretty much it. I kind of see everybody else taking care of business. I mean, the eight, nine matchups are always up in the air. Mm. Um but I, I do, I think in this region, I think uh, in Florida, um, I, I, I can possibly see Florida on upset. They, they've been hot. Um, you know, they were hot to the point where they extended their head coach, uh, took the interim tag off. So um, they've been, they've been really hot. They've been upsetting teams, uh, ranked teams. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely see Florida and uh, Princeton on, on upset alert. But I think with Notre Dame, I think um, uh, Olivia Miles, like she's played really, really great for them this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been continuing to put up a lot of numbers uh, for them. So, uh, of course, you know, freshman experience, you're going to see how they how that turns out in the tournament. But um, I, I, I could see Notre Dame taking care of business there. Gotcha. Uh, to me now, I kind of look at Kentucky right now the same way I look at Maryland in a sense of they're a hard team to to rank right now, seeing as though we've seen them at their worst this year and they didn't look that good. They didn't, they barely looked like a, a, a tournament team, but then we've seen them at their best and they, they caught fire at the right time. And the, being as hot as they are, especially from the three point line, you can see that carrying them a long way, but I also see they rely a lot on the three-point line, and if they're not hitting, they they're not hitting. So I definitely can agree with uh, Princeton. It's 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 hard to gauge, in my opinion, to with Kentucky, but I can see Princeton because Princeton they seem like one of those teams. Is oh shoot, Princeton there it goes like oh, they're 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 good again. You know that's that's how it is. So I right I can I can see that. Um. So let me let me get your let me get your final four. Mm. Let me see. I will do um South Carolina for sure. Um I'll put Yukon in there. Mm. Uh Stanford. I'll probably go NC State. Okay. Okay. So out of all the number ones, from what it sounds like, you have uh, 
out of all the number ones, who do you think is is highest on the upset alert? Um, I would say NC State. And that, and um, have because they have they have to play UConn. I think yeah, I think that. Um, but I just think that they've always been that team that they just choke. I don't know, they just they choke. I mean, you know, last last season they choked. They they lost Indiana. You know, this is very uncharacteristic for them. So, you know, I think um, because of their history, their track record, I just don't really have much faith in them. But could be different. Um, also, I think Alyssa Kunane is good. I know she got she got injured in the tournament, but um, yeah, I mean that that's probably the highest for me. But I can also go South Carolina just because of you know their fatigue, um, you know, and all that they, they play in the season. So you never know. I, I feel like this is probably the most up in the air uh, I've ever seen. I think that this 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 particular season had a lot of parity, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't really seen in the past. So. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty pretty good tournament. Gotcha. So now they have brackets too, so it's gonna make it even more fun. Yeah. So who do you who do you have as a player to watch as far as the entire tournament? Of course, you have great players like Aaliyah Boston. See what uh Caitlin Clark's gonna do. Um Nalisa Smith, uh she's projected to be the number one overall pick in the WNBA draft who do you think who do you think the player you know once it's all said and done as far as this year who's the player that we're going to talk about took over uh March because last year it for sure was what Haley Haley Jones so who do you think is going to be that player uh depending if they can advance um definitely we'll look out for Anissa Morrow uh for DePaul uh she's been putting up a lot of double doubles I think they play um, Dayton. Yeah. In the play in. Um, <clears throat> so if they can win and, you know, kind of make some noise, I think she would be a really good player uh, to watch out for. Um, of course, Olivia Miles uh, for Notre Dame, uh, Kayla Pointer for LSU, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say Taylor Marksell also for Ohio State. And then, um, for Indiana, um, goodness gracious, he's just slipping me. Um, Indiana squad, I'll say Indiana. <laughs> okay, got you. Um, I didn't ask you this, and this can be the last question. I do appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. So there's been this thing going around social media, and it's I, I tend to agree with it, but I do I want to hear your take. So this entire year, you know, the entire uh in you know NCAA year all we've been hearing is Clayton Clark which rightfully shows she's been putting up numbers that's like god godly numbers like crazy numbers however I think there's a discrepancy it feels like there's a discrepancy the way that we talk about um you know Caitlin Clark and then we talk about other players like they, they people were saying that Clayton Clark Caitlin Clark was like the runaway player of the year and I'm like all right hold on what about, you know, Leah Boston? What about um, uh, Angel Reese? What about, uh, you said her name, um, Amisa Morrow? Do you think that there is a 
disparity in the way that the WNBA covers covers African-American players that are dominant because they not saying that there aren't great Caucasian players, but all we've been taught, all I've heard this entire year, while yes, Aaliyah Balls has been great and she may probably win the player of the year. I've heard way more coverage about Caitlin Clark putting up 40 pointers. And do you think that there's a discrepancy in the way that we cover or that the NCAA and, and media in general covers African-American players outside of, or compared to Caucasian players that are doing good? Yeah, of course. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I feel I, I feel that because people think um, people people automatically know that basketball is a predominant, you know, predominantly black sport. Mm -hmm. So I feel that when they find a Caucasian player, white player do well, that it's something that's going to drive headlines. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, OK, whatever, when the black person does it. Um, I, but I feel that, you know, with that, it just shows how much, um, they don't care about, um, black person, you know, Aaliyah has been playing all, well, all year, uh, dominating and they're like, oh, but wait, um, you know, this person, I, I just feel like if, if, if the roles were switched and it was Caitlin Clark, um, you know, doing that, but Aaliyah Boston was kind of doing Caitlin Clark thing. I don't think that they would have a discussion about it. It's just kind of like, oh, well, Caitlin, she's she's that's it, like yeah. that's it. But with Aaliyah, it's like, well, I, I'm not sure yet, you know. So it's it's very annoying. It's very frustrating mm -hmm. um, to to see that, and if she doesn't get it if Aaliyah doesn't get it it's going to be hell like everybody's gonna go off yeah um which I don't I don't think she I don't think she won't get it but um yeah they they just need to give it to her but yeah when it comes to that stuff it's always a but wait when it comes to black people but if it's white it's clear cut this is what it is no arguments here so they need they need to work on that because it's just not and I get it they're doing it you know, to, to, to increase engagement and, you know, keep the conversation going. But like you said, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just something that is, it's different when it depends on that player. Yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of hearken, hearken, I kind of go back to, it's a Jimmy, Jimmy Fredette syndrome, in my opinion, Jimmy Fredette going crazy, putting up all these numbers, but it's like, yeah, it's easy to put, I'm not gonna say easy, but yeah, you can put up 44 when you're taking 45 shots, or you can put up 50 when you're pulling from 34, you know what I'm saying? And 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 again, I'm not taking anything away from Caitlin because she's been she's been going crazy. Mm -hmm. But I just I just noticed and you even which I think that's why highlight her is so good. And, and you guys do an incredible job because you highlight people and you highlight things that should be highlighted. You highlight incredible women doing incredible things in sports. And it's not just a, all right, we're just going to talk about, you know, Caitlin Clark for 15 segments or 15 posts. Like you guys do a great job at that. Um, and I, I, I really wanted to ask you that question because when I saw that uh, Amisha 
Morrow didn't win the the uh, conference player of the year. I'm like, hold on, wasn't she going? I know she's a freshman. Wasn't she going crazy? Like she was going crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's a Jimmy Fredette thing, man. Jimmy Fredette was going crazy, but his team wasn't that good. And I'm not saying Iowa's that good, but you take Kalen Clark off of Iowa, it's a wrap. And it's just like, oh yeah, for sure. So, but I do want to thank you. I know your you know time is pressing. I do thank you for coming on the pod. I, again, congratulations to yourself. Congratulations to I Like Her. You guys are incredibly important in this sports world and the sports realm. Yeah, um, appreciate it. And it you know it's you guys are you guys are definitely the the benchmark of how to cover women's sports, uh, and that's definitely uh, that's definitely something that that is important and I, I appreciate you guys and I again I thank you Jasmine for coming on and uh keep 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 <laughs> shining as how, how I like to say keep shining thank you so much thank you for having me and there you have it I want to appreciate I appreciate appreciate Carl I appreciate Tykira I appreciate Jasmine I appreciate all three of you guys for coming on the podcast it definitely means a lot and i appreciate you guys for listening that has been today's episode of the podcast again i wanted to dedicate this episode to college basketball we'll talk about nfl and all that on saturday i appreciate you guys um if you want to pop up the podcast shirt hoodie long sleeve sweater jogger the link is in the description below i have multiple different colors multiple different designs go get your unpopular podcast merch today also Please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. I hope you guys have a great, great day. I hope that, you know, comment, leave comment. Tell me how you feel, who you th- who you have winning it all in, in on both the men's side and the women's side. Who, who do you have winning it all? Who do you have as an upset? Who do you have as a sleeper? Let me know. Put in the comments. We'll talk about it. Uh, and until next time, much love. Take heat. Fuck these niggas up. Them niggas get on y'all ass, y'all play with me like I ain't worse. Trying to gossip other blocks like y'all ain't said my name first. He a junkie, he ain't shot his gun, yeah, he blame perks. Shot a video and had a shootout in the same shirt. What you know about popping out and trying to hit they face first? They like smirk, your ass be tripping, better put your case first. Choking who I hurt the rumors, niggas better play slow. I don't want no niggas who you catch, I want the one I pay for. We on this ass, he in the A, you see how long they stay for. Ain't no hotel room, we pop outside the high with Dracos. Kids, they get off any scene, the police chase those Trolling ass, we shot your homie, we ain't know he can take those If I say your name, don't post it, I be on all kind of shit Ain't got time to watch your page to see if niggas die to shit I know bitches set you up, literally niggas down to hit In this industry ain't what it seems, this shit be counterfeit Ain't no lacking, she say I'm a nigga from the trenches with an accent Why you asking me who shot your homie, why you asking? You got my number, you post shit on the gram, you moving backwards You lucky you don't be doing shit for the gram, you niggas cowards And I bleed no rumors, rest in peace to Cooper I jumped on the school bus and I hit Brongaruga Always drunk a Ada Act, I never drunk a cooler They get your location, they might pop outside in Ubers When it's goofy ass, yeah, jumped in the streets, it's as a hooper I 
know this shit don't matter. I took a shower with a cougar. Bring him out retirement, he gon' kill you for that moolah. Catch him in the morning, wake him up, that boy a rooster. He took it to trial, I tried to tell him it was stupid. They gave him so much time, and he's got weak and he was woozy. Watch the shit you say, the feds be listening to the music. And they gon' take your leaves and build a case and try to use it. DA dropped my murder, didn't have evidence to prove it. I think my house is honey, yeah, by who the ghost of Pookie. He ain't killed nobody, but keep rapping about the shooting. Still ain't got revenge, but keep making up excuses. Cause then drawn so much lean that his gut got big as goo. Told him quit while he ahead and don't go out like Whitney Houston. He got caught without it, now they robbing him for his rubies. He wouldn't give it up, so he got buried in his cube. Then I bleed no rooms, rest in peace to Cooper. I jumped on the school bus and I hit from Garuga. Always drunk a Ada Ack, I never drunk a cooler. They get your location, they might pop outside and Ubers. When his goofy ass jumped in the streets, his ass a hooper. I know this shit don't matter, I took a shower with a cougar. Bring him out retirement, he gon' kill you for that moolah. Catch him in the morning, wake him up, that boy a rooster.